This is AutoLine This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. Underwriting for the production of AutoLine This Week has been provided by RSM and by iCar. challenges specific to your business by working with trusted advisors who help turn obstacles into opportunities. Experience the power of being understood. RSM, audit, tax and consulting for the middle market. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. We're doing something a little bit different today. We're not in the studio. We were supposed to be in Phoenix at the iCar conference, but that got canceled because of the coronavirus. But the show must go on. So we're going to have our panel discussion done here, bringing in other people via the internet. Thank goodness we've got that kind of technology. iCar is the... Collision Auto Repair Association that really makes sure that cars get repaired properly. Automakers are adding all kinds of safety technology to their cars right now, which what they call ADAS, A-D-A-S, or Advanced Driver Assist Systems. This is the kind of technology that underlies things like blind spot detection, lane keeping, and even most importantly, automated emergency braking. But if your car gets in a fender bender or an accident, How do you make sure all these sensors are properly calibrated and aimed? We've got to make sure that that's going to be happening. So joining me for today's panel discussion are Mike Anderson, the CEO of Collision uh, Advice. Sean Casey is the president and CEO of SCG Management Consultants. And Jake Ruddentroff is the director of industry relations at Aztec. And I want to thank all three of you for joining me on today's discussion. Thank you. It's an honor. Mike, why don't I start with you? Uh, So much ADAS technology coming on cars today. By the end of next year, it's pretty much mandated that all automakers have to put this on everything that they build. How's that changing the nature of the repair business? You know, I think it's uh, changing it quite a bit. I think that collision repairers are challenged with uh, making sure they have the accurate tooling and equipment. And more importantly, is I think that it's changing the way that we interact with customers. Um, it seems like most consumers, when they come in, they're more concerned with does the paint match. And I think from a consumer perspective, that consumers, while they need to be happy if the paint matches, they need to be more concerned with, you know, what is the things that they can't see? Because a lot of the consumers today are, you know, for example, my 83-year-old dad, you know, he trusts his backup camera to make sure it's guiding him properly. So I think for collision repairs, it's a, a much more serious um, you know, area that we have to take on in regards to repair for the consumers to ensure safe and proper repair. Thanks for that, Mike. Sean, uh, what have you got to add to that? I think the business fundamentals change, John. I think, uh, thanks for having me, by the way. I think the business fundamentals change. Um, ADAS as features on vehicles, of course, will enable uh, us all to drive in a more safe fashion and to stay within the confines of the roads. I think for as it impacts on the collision repair industry, uh, the insurance industry, the OEMs, 
um, we're going to go through some fundamental changes of business processes and practices. And it's an industry that's already starved of skilled technicians. It's an industry that's already starved of the technical information required to repair the vehicles. And, and hopefully everybody will step up um, and put the car at the center of what they do. I think if we focus on the car, follow the car, as I say in most of my presentations, put that at the center of what you do. If you do the right thing by the car, you'll have done the right thing by the customer. And typically, if you've done both of those, you'll have done the right thing um, for yourself as well. So it's a fundamental change in the business process. Jake, let's get your uh, input on that. How do you see all this ADAS technology coming into cars changing the automotive repair business? Well, I look at it as a, a considerable challenge for all repairs, not just collision repairs, but mechanical, uh, certainly glass professionals, PDR technicians, uh, everybody in the space, whether you're working in a dealership or you're working in an independent garage or a body shop, everybody is facing this advanced driver assist uh, systems for the very first time. So they're learning not only the systems and how, what makes them work, uh, but also the calibration steps and prepping that vehicle for calibration uh, in a proactive way. If you wait till the end of the repair process uh, in any of those verticals, uh, you create additional downtime and a bad customer experience. And we have to understand the customer is changing too. Um, a lot of digital natives coming into the uh, into the space and they're buying cars, uh, and they understand what it, what uh, you know forward forward collision warning is, what you know what, how their uh, blind spot monitoring works, and all those kinds of things. So I think that it's a considerable opportunity and a challenge for the repairs to uh, educate themselves not only on the systems. Uh, but certainly the calibration steps. And the last thing, the one other thing I want to tell you is that even fundamental skills that we have done for years, things like four-wheel alignments, windshield changes, taking bumper covers off, those kinds of things have changed. So I would tell repairers, don't assume that you know it. Go and research how that vehicle's process works around a windshield change or a four-wheel alignment, and you'll find that there's been an added step because of ADAS calibration. Great points. Mike, uh, uh... We just heard a little bit of what tech should be aware of. What's your advice to the techs? You know, I have to tell you, it all starts with research in the OEM repair procedures. Um, you know, I think a lot about the building industry and, you know, like you've got certain codes you have to meet in regards to if you build a house, certain electric codes that you have to meet, or if you're going to pour concrete, certain, you know, codes you have to meet to co comply with city or county guidelines. And I think for us, the building code for the vehicle when we do a repair is absolutely the OEM repair procedures. You know, much like what Jake just said, something as simple as replacing a windshield may require a specific procedure to calibrate the compass in the rearview mirror or more or less uh, we also know that a lot of windshields today are almost like computer display devices so we have to make sure the cameras are aimed properly so i think it all starts with the own repair procedures should dictate the way that the vehicle is repaired yeah john do you got something to, to add to that what should the techs be aware of and do you have any suggestions for them i do i think i mean we're hearing a great deal about repair procedures and, and the, the pulling of repair procedures and, and adhering to them I think it goes beyond it for the techs. I think they have to conceive a repair plan. I think repair planning will become something far more prevalent in the industry and in the repairers and in the technician's mind, because with the interaction of these ADAS parts, with the interaction of any parts on the cars, let's face it, we, we've had technology in vehicles for a very long time. I think a plan of how you're going to set about that repair, which includes how you're going to diagnose it, um, what parts and what procedures take place in what process order, uh, to make sure that we're in sync uh, with the needs of the vehicle and then what are the calibration systems required afterwards so it's one thing to talk about oem repair procedures uh, and i i completely you know agree let's pull them every single time but out of that we have to start thinking about repair planning 
because there are intricacies, there are one-time use parts, there are various things that aren't always obvious until you put the plan together of how you're going to repair the car. So I think technicians will will come to terms with the fact that they have to think more tactically about the start to the finish of the repair and not just the pieces that they're working on. Yeah, you guys are making some great points here. Jake, what I find so interesting is with all these different procedures that you're all talking about, it seems to me that there's a real opportunity for the repair industry with all this ADAS technology coming onto cars. Yeah, it, it would seem that way, John. But I'll tell you, the frustrating part for us as a company is that we, we have five full-scale calibration centers that are dedicated facilities to doing this. Uh, and they're all in major cities. They're NFL cities. I mean, we there's a lot of people there. We have a lot of customers in those cities. Um, but we really struggle to keep them busy. We literally only average about five to ten, five to seven cars a day, maybe. Uh, and when you think about how many 2020 models and 19 and 18 models have this type of technology, um, when you think about it from a diagnostic perspective, my company has already uh, performed diagnostic repairs on over 14,000 2020 models alone this year already. And yet our calibration numbers are very small compared to that. So the point is that the shops just don't know when they need us. They don't know when we, they should call us, when they should schedule that ADAS calibration. And that is the frustrating part. So I, I hate to say that I feel that there's a lot of vehicles that are roaming the road right now that were not properly calibrated or not calibrated at all uh, following a repair. And so those are the kinds of things that we're, we're trying to scream that message to, to research every little thing that you do on that car. Uh, to make sure you don't miss a critical step. Sean, are you finding the same sort of thing happening out there in the field that we have these needs for ADAS calibration and it's not happening? I think the data would prove it's not happening, John. I think we're finding that there is um, the need isn't yet fully recognized by the industry as a, as a whole. We're, we're on a path. We're on a good path towards repairing cars properly. But as with all things, business business gets in the way, right? And so there are cost implications, there are time implications, and there's compensation implications attached to that. Uh, and they will have to be addressed at a more strategic level, at the sort of strategic level with the OEMs and the insurance companies uh, and the large MSOs who are, you know, I know from first-hand experience, meeting this full on. And they're having those conversations, and those conversations are being driven by the need to do the right thing by the vehicle, to repair the car properly. So, yes, there'll be business opportunities, which is, I think was your question. Will we go from zero to 100 in 10 weeks? No, we're not going to do that. This is an industry that has typically waited for things to happen to it. What I do see here, though, far more readily than I have in the past, is an industry that's getting very proactive in this space. And it's thanks to the education that iCars bring into the scene. It's thanks to the car companies for certain stepping back into the industry. They will begin to make the consumers more aware. And as they do that, then the consumers will begin asking the right questions. And that will lead to a more ubiquitous use of the right processes and procedures to make sure these ADAS parts are all working in sync. Yeah, Mike, let's get your input on this too. What should the, the collision auto repair industry be doing? Automakers, insurers, I, I mean, it, it's a whole ecosystem that's got to make uh, consumers more aware of this. 
Yeah, absolutely right. You know, I think there's a lot of training that has in the past only been available to dealership body shops or dealership service centers. And I think a lot of this training has to be opened up to the independent repair facilities. Um, you know, independent repair facilities, as we know, are repairing the majority of the vehicles on the road that are in an accident. And I also think that, again, from a collision repair standpoint, something as simple as replacing a mirror, even, you know, if your mirror gets clipped and you hit something, even something like that may require calibration or even something as minor as a bumper. You know, what's pretty interesting to me is when you review a lot of the owner's manuals that are provided to the owner when they buy a new vehicle, there are a lot of these um, precautions or warnings in the owner's manuals that will state to the owner, if your bumper's even in a slight accident, you need to have it inspected, you know, by a repair facility. So I think, you know, for shops, I think it's really important that they can't take anything for granted. And as much like Jake said, anything that we used to just replace a mirror, we do it in 10 or 15 minutes, that could require, you know, a four-wheel alignment just to go and calibrate a camera. So it's much more in depth. And I think it just starts with education and collaboration between the OEMs, as well as the shops that repair and the consumer's vehicles. Mike, as you know, ICAR started uh, Body Shopology, where yes. consumers can get an app to make sure that they go to the proper kind of ICAR certified repair facility. Do we need something like that for ADAS? You know, I absolutely I do. I think that, you know, you, for a consumer, I think they've got to be able to find a shop that has the ability, meaning the training, but also the proper equipment in order to do these calibrations. So I think anything we can do to educate the consumer so they're making a smart selection for who repairs their vehicle is absolutely critical to our industry. And one of the things I love about Body Shopology is that when you go to Body Shopology, it actually gives you the ability to actually select, you know, all the shops that are iCar Gold Class. But if you have a Honda, for example, and I go to iCar's website, Body Shopology, it actually will allow me to select to see which shops are certified by Honda, and Honda has a program called Pro First. So I think other OEMs that can embrace that, I think it helps the consumer to make a wiser decision. Jake, your input, what do you think? Uh, an ADAS kind of body shopology, or do you have other ideas too? Well, I certainly think a mechanism, I like the mobile app idea, um, but people need to understand from both the consumer level and from the repairer level that this is only the beginning. Um, you know, electrified vehicles have kind of snuck under the radar because ADAS gets all the uh, all the press and the autonomous cars get all the press. But reality is, can anybody name a, a manufacturer that doesn't make a hybrid or an EV? And they're all going that way. And I'll tell you, as a kid that's been in cars for a long time, they change everything that you think you know about a car uh, as far as EVs and hybrids go. So um, I, I certainly think incorporating the, uh, the safety and, and personal protection around those vehicles uh, is another critical step along with the ADAS. I believe that the ADAS calibrations are going to get easier. They're going to get faster. The tooling and processes will get better. Um, so it, it, there's a lot to learn. But before we can decide we're going to do this calibration as an industry, we need to fully understand the, the, uh, the actual requirement. And Sean, yeah, some of your ideas, you know, how do we get the word out to consumers? Well, I think the OEMs will take that role, John. I think uh, the OEMs have made it a mission to re-engage with the space. And the space is as broad as the claims and collision space uh, right through to consumer education. So, you know, I think about what OnStar has been doing with General Motors for over 20 years and uh, Ford Pass and the developments that are being made in things such as that. Um, you see the latest communications around OEMs and insurers working together on insurance programs. So I think we'll see a great deal more of it and the OEMs will not lose sight of the consumer um, because that's their lifeblood. Um, we've done a terrible job as an industry of looking after the consumer once the vehicle has gone in and ultimately come out of the repair shop. So whether it's through the telematics that exist in the vehicle, the connected car that I've been talking about for so many years now, 
what we're beginning to see is a more educated consumer. And once we get there, we will then be in a really good place where engineers are making decisions on what and how a vehicle should be repaired rather than accountants, for want of a better term, or an economic decision. I've often said you can't have an economic solution to an engineering problem. And I think that's where the, the OEMs will come in. GM's got 22,000 engineers working on vehicles. How, how could we possibly question that they've got the engineering manpower and the knowledge uh, to be able to communicate that into an industry and to a market and to a consumer and then deny that we would do anything different to what the engineer for the vehicle is suggesting? It's a huge education issue. I think it's going to get addressed. I think all parties are working towards it. Nobody wants a car going back on the road in an unsafe condition. And Schoolology, uh, so Schoolology, uh, the iCar tools, the various locator tools that the OEMs are bringing out, uh, will all identify shops capable of repairing those cars. Mike, within the shops themselves, uh, here we got all this ADAS technology creating concerns in collision repair. Could technology come to the rescue? What about using augmented reality to help guide techs as to what to do? Yeah, so, you know, I was recently at a conference where there was a um, software company that was introducing some hardware uh, that would kind of be like you know, Google Glasses or something like that. So while I do think that that could be a solution, I think we're still really far away from that. So, again, I think it sounds good in, you know, theory, but I just think we're so far away from that. And the other thing is, is that, you know, it's like you may go to one area. One of the problems with the OEM websites is they're not standardized. So where I may find a calibration process for an Audi may be totally different where I would find it at in the OEM software or the for a Toyota, for example. So while I think that hardware could help us to maybe ease the solution, I just don't think we're that close to that right now. So it's still some old-fashioned, just taking the time, looking up the OEM repair procedures, making sure you have the equipment. But also, I think it's just familiarity. And I think that's where the OEMs, I can tell you, uh, uh, Nissan Infiniti, Toyota Lexus, Honda Acura, um, General Motors, they are all right now in the process of conducting classes around the country to educate the uh, collision repairers or the people that have to assess the vehicles and damage on how to use their um, OEM websites to find the procedures and how to navigate them. So I think that's the short-term solution is education through training. Yeah, great point. And so, Jake, love to get your input on this as well. Augmented reality or other things like more standardized websites, more training, where do you think it should go? Well, you know, like Mike said, the, the root cause to all of this, even if we step away from ADAS and go back to collision repair, you know, when I moved over from mechanical, I was looking around for the manual that told me how to put a quarter panel on. And uh, when I got into body shop space, they were like, oh, we got a guy who's been doing it 30 something years. He just does it. And so that's a big mistake. And it's a bad habit that will not vote, vote well for vehicles that have advanced body structures that are aluminum and carbon fiber and things like that. And certainly around the, uh, the technology around ADAS and camera systems and things like that, there's way too much tribal knowledge being used to repair these cars and not actual specification. And so those are the kinds of things that we have got to break those habits and dedicate the time to researching everything. And certainly I hope technology can play a role where we can integrate some mobile apps and, and access the information, have a system of checks and balances to make sure it was read and applied, all those kinds of things. I, I hope those things come along. But reality is, you know, my dad always told me, he said, hey, well, you know, I'll give you a calculator when you can do it on paper, okay? So you need to understand how to find it a manual way before you just go grab the calculator. Sean, the reason all this ADAS technology is coming in is to make cars safer by having fewer accidents. Does this potentially pose a threat to the collision auto repair business? Because like I said, as of the end of 2021, every car built, at least in the U.S. market, has got to have this technology. 
Yeah, I mean, from a strategic perspective, from a landscape uh, of the claims industry, we're going to see less claims. There's no question about that, um, because the, the the small end vehicles, the small uh, bumpers, uh, rear to front bumpers incidents won't happen. You know, you, the cars just won't simply make that uh, mistake. They'll take over and and not allow those incidents to take place. I think the industry would need be less concerned about the number of vehicles available for repair uh, and more concerned about repairing them correctly at this point in time. Although we're seeing the onset of reduced uh, frequency, I don't think it makes its way down to the collision repair shops for a year or two yet, probably three or four to be more truthful. Uh, and I don't think it, it sort of diminishes the size of the market because severity will go up, That's that's inevitable. And you can't do the scanning and diagnostics. You can't do the calibration and repair procedures pulling and repair planning uh, without adding time into the equation. So less repairs, higher cost of a per repair, but not a, it's not a decline in market. I think the market uh, from a dollar and a volume perspective stays the same. I think we'll see a reduction in shops. This is going to be a very difficult market for the number of shops we have right now to step up, get the training, the staff, the equipment, uh, and then stay on top of all these procedures, the skills required. Um, so it is going to have a big impact, but I think we're a couple of years away. If I can comment, though, on the AI. Yeah, please. Um, I, I think we're a little ways away uh, from AI as we know it and see it here. But I do think we're taking steps to enable ourselves to take the best use of AI as we know it now. Clearly, AI, as it's been described by certain people in the industry who are, who are putting it out there, is saying, you know, we can take a claim at the side of the road and take some photographs or video and get it appraised and properly triaged to the right place. I think that is helpful. I think that's very valuable indeed. And I think that we, we can reduce and remove a great deal of wasted inefficiency from the industry if we were to, to use those components of AI that are available. As for Google goggles on the tech, uh, you know, off my pay scale, I wouldn't have a clue when that might be ready for market. Okay. Mike, what, what do you think? Is ADAS a threat in terms of reducing accidents and maybe not as many repairs or like Sean just said, because the nature of the repairs themselves will become more involved and complicated. It's going to be business or, you know, a, a similar level of at least dollar business for the industry. Yeah, so I think that, you know, we really have to look at the, what's really driving this, right? And while it is to reduce accidents, I think more importantly, it's to reduce uh, fatalities as a result of an accident, right? Um, all the statistics I've seen in the United States, we don't rank very well against other modern countries in regards to, you know, fatalities per population from vehicle accidents. So I think we have to really understand what's driving that. The second thing, though, I think is that while claims count will absolutely decline, I think it's going to be a very small amount, you know, 2 to 3% every year, unless the government offers some incentives or something to get people to trade in or order vehicles without ADAS for a vehicle that does have ADAS. But I also think that you're going to see the hairy homeowner market start to shrink. I'll give you an example. Recently, I was writing an estimate on a vehicle uh, to repair it, and uh, we had to replace uh, uh, something that required us to remove the wiper arms. Well, when I went to research the own repair procedures on how to replace the wiper arm, it told me that I actually had it, uh, it asked me, does the vehicle have rain sensor or not? And so what happened is I found out the vehicle had rain sensor. And what we had to do was we actually had to hook up a factory scan tool and we had to have somebody spray water at the rain sensor by the rear view mirror to calibrate the wiper arm. So something as simple that a hairy homeowner may do, right, a do-it-yourselfer, they may take and just swap out their own wiper arms, right? I think you're going to see more of that work is going to have to go 
back to the collision repair center or a dealership service department to calibrate something as simple as a wiper arm. So while I don't think that's going to offset the reduction of claims totally, I do agree with Sean, right? You're going to see severity go up, uh, even though car count may go down. I think you'll see some shops that go out of business and nothing personal. They probably need to go out of business because they're not qualified to fix vehicles properly. So I think a combination of that, I think collision repairs are still in a good place. I don't think it's doom and gloom. I think uh, the runway is still very open for us. Well, good. Jake, if you had advice to give to the automakers as they install all this ADAS equipment on their cars, would, would you have any advice for them? Yeah, certainly when they're developing uh, these systems, they really need to think about who's going to repair them, uh, what the environment is going to be like to repair them. Um, some of the current procedures that are published ask for enormous uh, areas of space to do this. Uh, no metal on the ground, those kinds of things. And, um, you know, when you think about dealerships and places where these, these calibrations are being performed, um, the environment plays a big role. Um, but they also need to think about how it's insured. You know, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of uh, just replace every bumper cover. That one, I think, hurts the repairability of the car and the profitability for the collision repair. I would love to see some companies come up with some innovative ways that allow radar to pass through those repaired bumper covers safely. Uh, we're not there yet, but I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that because I love the industry so much. Um, so I, I think that as they're developing these systems, you know, think about people that are going to have to interface with them and service them. Think about, you know, the state of California that has bumper stickers on their back bumpers for the HOV lane. I mean, little things like that uh, come into play. And so um, the last thing I want to tell you, when you talked about the uh, the artificial intelligence, I know for a fact that um, Porsche uh, actually hired a, a group of gamers to develop an a environment to simulate real world, real world uh, cases where a kid walks out in the street and how is the Porsche going to respond? How is its ADAS systems going to respond? So they, they created a virtual environment to test the systems before they actually crash test. Um, so I think hopefully you'll see some of that kind of stuff enter the aftermarket to where we could simulate crashes virtually um, on repaired vehicles because it's certainly something we don't want to be out in a customer's car test driving and try to simulate. So, um, so yeah, it, there, there's a lot of things I think that can uh, help the industry move forward in that regard. Real good. Look, we're going to have to wrap this up. This has been a fascinating discussion on my part. In fact, I'm going to have to go back and watch the show again and take notes. That's how good you guys have been. But I want to thank all three of you. Mike Anderson with uh, CEO of Collision Advice, Sean thank Casey, you. President and CEO, SCG Management Consultants, Jake Roddentroth, the Director of Industry Relations at Aztec. You guys did an awesome job. Thank you very much today. Thank you, John. Thank, thank you, John. Underwriting for the production of AutoLine this week has been provided by RSM and by iCar. Prepare for challenges specific to your business by working with trusted advisors who help turn obstacles into opportunities. Experience the power of being understood. RSM, audit, tax, and consulting for the middle market.